It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. All right, everybody, welcome back into another edition of the Auburn Live Football Show. I am Justin Hokinson. With me, as always, is Cole Pinkston. Cole, what's up, dude? How are you? I'm doing good, man. I'm doing good. I'm I'm back on the uh, the river because yeah. somehow at the river there's better internet than at my house. Explain that. Yeah, I laugh because people don't know you know the conversations we have off the air before we start recording and. Uh, Cole's pissed about his internet, and then we hop on, and I'm like, how you doing, Cole? He's like, I'm doing pretty good. <laughs> it's like 10 somebody, seconds before Cole's like, somebody's about to get, you know. Somebody's getting it, I promise you. And, and it's not the first time, but it's going to happen again. Cracks me up. Um, <laughs> all right, let's get into some talk. Before we do that, quick shout-out to sponsors of the show. Uh, first session cocktail, downtown Auburn on Magnolia. Man, go check them out. Great people, Joe and, and Avery and Hunter, those guys that run Session in downtown Auburn. Really cool place to go have some drinks. They just changed their menu up, so go check that out. A happy hour from 4 to 6. Um, great old fashions if you like that. Um, they'll kind of make you whatever you want. I mean, you, if you've got a drink, go in there and have your drink, but they got a lot of different and unique drinks that I haven't tasted or had really in Auburn. Most of the places are going to make sort of the run-of-the-mill stuff. Um, they have a lot of cool and creative drinks that I think you'll enjoy and it's a good place to go hang out. So go check out Session Cocktail in downtown Auburn. Um as well as GameTime.co. GameTime.co a sponsor of not only the Auburn Live Show but on three sports. Um I have people ask me at Cole, I'm sure you get it too, but I have people ask me all the time um about tickets. And they think because yeah. I work in the media um that I can get them tickets to games, which I can't. Um and so, you know, I have my I have my credential. That's all I got. So, um, but people ask me about tickets all the time. Um, GameTime.co is a great way to go get last-minute tickets. Download their app. Um, go use the promo code War Eagle. Get twenty bucks off your first purchase um, on tickets, um, and not just for games, concerts, and and you know, um, a lot of different uh, events, comedy shows, whatever you kind of spur of the moment want to go check out go check out gametime.co download the app gametime.co as well go check them out proud uh, proud sponsor of the show and all on three um all right cole i'm kind of going back and forth on this auburn lsu game um i think there's a bunch of things that set up for auburn to compete um the one thing i keep coming back to is um the the atmosphere. Um, one, Auburn hasn't played well on the road. We know that. In two games, they've played poor. Well, I say offensively, they've played poor. Um, combine that with LSU's played two straight road games. So by the time this game kicks off, it'll be three weeks since they've been inside that stadium. Um, you toss in the Florida State game, which is a neutral site game to start the year. They haven't been at home much. And six o'clock Saturday night, Death Valley, ESPN. That's that's kind of a big hesitation now. I'm starting to think more about that. 
Um, I think a bunch of things set up for Auburn to compete, especially early. Have a good game plan after two weeks of preparing. Come out, start fast. You should know what you're doing. You should have confidence in what your game plan is. But the question I have is, will they let the atmosphere ruin that? Will they come out and let a raucous atmosphere affect what I think is a great opportunity to have a good game plan and execute against a defense that's not very good or not playing very good anyway? Um, and so it's, it's forcing me to sort of go back and forth a little bit on, on how I think about this game. I, 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 they need it, they need to handle the atmosphere well early or, or this thing could be very different than what I think might happen. Well, logically and technically after watching them play against Georgia and even A&M to an extent, Auburn hit more plays against Georgia in my opinion. And, and if you needed proof that just a couple of plays separates Auburn from being really good. I think that's it. Uh, they hit a couple more plays against Georgia than they did against A&M, and dang near won the game. You know, so I think that is proof. If you're looking for that kind of proof, that's it. That's enough for me, anyway, to to logically and technically go. Auburn can be in this game with LSU. I'm with you though. The only thing that that holds me back is Peyton Thorne's been terrible on the road. Absolutely terrible. And I, I know for a fact that that Hugh Freeze, now that we've watched him talk about how, how the Georgia game went and, and, you know, after thinking about it a little bit longer, taking another look at things, some stuff evaluation during the bye week, it's pretty it's pretty obvious that he's he's more pleased with Thorne than many might think, at least with that one game. And that was a positive sign for him, something that goes, you know, he's He's the guy. I mean, he almost didn't even want to address it anymore. Like, yeah, he's the guy. Mm-hmm. Don't, you know, he almost pulled the Nick Saban, so quit asking, you know. That's kind of how he was going about it, I felt. Um, but I agree with him. I saw so many good placement, you know, good, well-placed throws by Peyton Thorne. I thought there was a lot of drops. I thought he did a lot of good things. No, they took things back a lot from the way they did it against A&M. Here's the thing, though, guys. It, you can't. You can't win with that offense. You can't win with this dialed-back offense. Okay, well, we're going to make it a little easier on the personnel. Well, okay, you won't win, 100%. Forget it. Just like a year ago with Robbie Ashford's offense. It worked. It's not good enough to win. That's the bottom line. you you got to have more. And they're going to they're gonna keep pushing the envelope on that, and I don't blame them. They need to. Yeah, Hugh Freeze said it on Monday. He said, you have to have balance to win big games, which is exactly right. Um, yeah, you can have success running the football. Um, at times you can do that stuff, but if you want a chance to beat LSU, Ole Miss, Alabama, you have to have some plays through the air to, to do that. Um, you have to have some balance and you have to have the ability at minimum to make the passing plays when they're there. Convert a, convert a third and seven, convert a third and ten. Um, at minimum make some of those critical plays. Nobody's asking you, nobody's saying that Auburn has to throw for 250 or, you know, have a couple of passing touchdowns in the game. You have to make the passing plays at the critical moments to help keep drives alive and help to create some balance. Um, yeah, it was interesting, you know, listening to Hugh Freeze on Monday. I thought it was just, I really enjoyed the press conference. I, I thought it was one of the best he's had. Yeah, me too. I think a lot of that's coming off the bye week. He was a little refreshed, a little better mood. Than, than coming off of a couple of losses against, you know, A&M and Georgia. 
um, or certainly after A&M and even after Cal where he's like, goodness gracious, um, that was a mess. So he seemed to be in a better mood. I thought he was really honest and transparent um, about a lot of things um, in terms of what they need to do offensively. I thought it was interesting listening to him talk about sort of what they were doing in the bye week. We all know what the bye week's about. It's a lot of self-scouting. It's a chance to go figure out tendencies. What's interesting is it's only five games in for Auburn. They got seven ahead. So, you know, it, it's, I kind of like the timing. Now, it sets up for a grueling last seven games where six are conference games. I mean, you've only played two conference games. So you've got six to go after the bye week. So it's last seven weeks are going to be a grind. But I think for this team, I think for this team, this coaching staff, where they were at, I think the bye week was a perfect time. You didn't get too far down the road of not being able to figure out your offensive issues and things like that. You got two games in, two very hard games against two of the better teams in the league. And then you could go right back to the tape. You figure some things out. And uh, and now you've got two of the top four or five teams in the league coming up. And I wrote that I think it sets up well just because it gives you an opportunity now to go try to steal one of the next two. That needs to be the goal. Steal one of the next two and set yourself up to be one in it'll be one in three, but you'll set yourself up for some winnable games against State and Vandy and Arkansas and then see what happens. Um but I thought the bye week comes at a at a um at a good time. But the most interesting thing I thought Hugh Freeze talked about was really getting into the offensive system, offensive game planning, watching what they're doing and he said, we're, we need to figure out literally and physically what we can do. If we, can, if we can't do it, if we don't have the personnel to do it, remove it. If we've got the personnel but it's not being executed, executed correctly, we need to fix that as coaches. And I thought he had a lot of um, – I thought he took a lot of accountability on the coaching side of, of, of what, what's going on offensively in the, in the first five games, specifically with Peyton Dorn, where he went in and talked about, hey, you know, I thought Peyton played well against Georgia. Did he play great? No. But I thought he I thought he threw some good balls. I thought he played well. And he literally said, we as coaches have to give him the tools. We have to set him up. If there, he, he mentioned a couple of sacks, a couple of protection issues. He goes, that's on us. We didn't coach that right. We didn't have him prepared. And we need to make sure that he's prepared and we've given him the tools. And if we do that, he goes, I think he's smart enough to make it happen. But that's on us as coaches on some of that stuff. And so – I thought there was a lot of accountability that happened during that Monday press conference in terms of player execution issues and coaching issues and really saying there's a lot of both going on and specifically with Peyton Thorne. I mean, he gets all the, he gets, it's easy, right? The quarterback is always going to be the one because the casual fan, that's the easiest thing to look at is the quarterback and whether the throw is high or low. It's the most, it's the easiest thing to, to look at and determine, was that a good throw or a bad throw? But there's so many other things that go into it. So I thought it was, um, I thought it was a defensive Peyton Thorn um, again on Monday from from Hugh Freeze saying there's tons of stuff we need to do differently to make sure he's he's prepared. And if we do that, I think he's smart enough to make the right calls and checks and do some good things. Yeah, that gives perfect credence to I think what I've been saying um, about Peyton Thorn having six thousand yards. <laughs> Jeffrey likes to joke about that. We all like to joke about that. It's funny because how do you go from 6,000 yards, you go to Auburn, and, and you look like this at times. 
Yeah. It, it's it doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. So logically, I, I'm I'm trying to figure that out. Okay, why is that happening? Is it an Auburn thing? Is it a Peyton Thorn thing? I just don't think it's too much of a Peyton Thorn thing. Well, I think whatever. the one thing that's been a Peyton Thorn thing, you go back to A and M, and again, even even while I think this is a Peyton Thorn thing, it, it it's it's connected to other things that are not his fault. But I think the one thing that he was doing against A and M was when you hear Hugh Freeze talk about we have to keep our eyes downfield, that's a Peyton Thorn thing, like. You, you you have to keep you as a quarterback. You cannot start looking at the rush or bailing early or any of that stuff. You have to stand in there. But again, even that's connected to other issues. If the protection's not happening the way it needs to happen, or receivers are running wrong routes at depth, there there's things that factor into that. You still got to stand in there the best you can and keep your eyes downfield. But I agree with you. A lot of the stuff is is. It, it, it's everything on offense. It's, it's absolutely not Peyton Thorne. What you saw against Georgia was, given the right circumstances, the right protection, he can throw a good ball. He can throw a good ball and give you opportunities. You just got to make some plays. Well, there's a lot of quarterbacks out there that aren't bothered by, you know, misprotection calls or receivers not being in the right place. They they take that as a chance to be, you know, escape from the pocket and make a play out of it. Peyton Thorne's not that guy. He's just not. So you don't you don't want to put him in those situations. This, this is what you got, okay? Maybe this isn't your preference of quarterback, um, but this is a quarterback who can win you games if you coach him correctly, if you get the right plays called around him, if you get the right protection for him. Uh, you know, maybe in the future that's something that Freeze goes, I need somebody with a little bit more, um, you know, a little bit more ability to improvise. I need some more of that. And you could go with Robbie Ashford. But then you're flirting with danger because he turns the ball over. Peyton Thorne didn't turn the ball over against Georgia until the very end. All right, that's why they went with him. That's why they trusted him. He's, he's, uh, he's, you know what you're getting from him. And, and I think maybe Freeze has not had a guy of his caliber where he's, he's not going to have this impro- improvisation all the time. So he's having to go, all right, how do I, how do I, get the offense to a place where it's 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 enough for him to be able to make his plays but also doesn't take away too much so that we can't win a game. All right, Robbie Ashford presents the same problem. You can't throw the ball very much with him. You got to run these design quarterback runs, you got to do this kind of stuff because he can't really push the ball downfield. So he takes away a lot from your offense too. You have to decide at, at some point. This is the thing about about head coaching in the SEC, especially at Auburn when your, your schedule is so difficult. There's a thin line with every little thing. If it seems like a little problem, there's a thin line where you can be wrong or right. That's why I made the comment about his his uh, his philosophy with you know calling plays and recruiting as the head coach. There's a thin line. There's only so many hours in the day. You can't spend too much on one, or you might give up some on the other. People might say, oh, you know, he's getting paid $8 million. He'll figure it out. No, he, there's only so many hours in a day. And I think that's the same issue he's having, the same conflict he's having with Peyton Thorne and Robbie Ashford and going, who limits the turnovers? That's got to be the number one thing. You know, can I get the offense built around one of these guys to be able to beat somebody like Georgia or LSU or Ole Miss the way they're playing right now? So you're constantly in a tug of war trying to figure that out. Until you see something work on film, it's hard to 
pick a side of that tug of war. And right now, I think he's picked the Thorn side, and he's happy with that. He just knows a couple more things coaching-wise could really get this right. And I think that's true. Once again, you look at the transition from A&M to Georgia. A couple more plays were made. You're much closer in the game against a team you really, on paper, don't have business being close to. Yeah. I'm trying to be nice about this. Um, the, 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 I've seen some people try to compare um, what Robbie Ashford could be because they're watching Jalen Milrow. Um, and it's not, it's just not the same. It's not the same circumstance. Um, it's not the same circumstance. The talent around is different. The offensive line is different. Um, and if your argument is, <clears throat> well, if you would think about what Robbie could do if you just gave him reps, well, that's what Peyton Thorne needs. Peyton Thorne needs the reps. He needs the work. He needs the experience in this offense. He's going to improve too. Um, so the, just the, the, the argument around, um, whether the right quarterback out there is just nauseating at, at this point. Hugh Freeze has made it clear that Peyton Thorne understands the offense the best, knows where to go with the ball the best, understands protections the best, gets what they're trying to do the best. That's the foundation. If he's the best at all those things, then unless, you know, unless he just has zero physical ability, which he doesn't. He's got physical ability to go along with that. So Peyton Thorne is the right quarterback. Robbie Ashford has his role to be six weeks into the season and hear fans, people um, Which, talk about, um, you know, whether the right quarterback out there is just – it's just – it's dumb at this point. It's dumb. Just, it's dumb. It's dumb. It's dumb. Robbie Ashford killed his role against Georgia. He was awesome. They were great. They, it all worked really well. He came in and did exactly what he needs to do. He made a couple runs. He scored a touchdown. That is exactly how Hugh Freeze would would design it. If Peyton yeah. Thorne hits a couple balls, a couple guys make some catches to go along with what happened, he 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 could he'd be like, I don't know, that I could draw it up a whole lot better in terms of if a couple guys make some catches, you'd go Peyton Thorne was twelve of thirteen of nineteen or fourteen of nineteen for you know a buck fifty, buck sixty. Uh, Robbie had his role and a touchdown. You'd be like, that's fine. We rushed for 220. Uh, we can win. We can win that way. Yeah. I, I had a, I had a conversation with somebody on our board this morning. It's very obvious that people only want to see stats. I mean, they, nobody cares about the context within the stats, evidently, because there's a lot of context within stats, guys. That's, 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 um, I think one of the reasons I have a job here because of the context within the stats. Uh, Context matters, always. Robbie Ashford threw for 330-something yards against LSU last year. Auburn didn't win that game. You have to ask why, right? I mean, you have to wonder why. You have to wonder why. Uh, Peyton Thorne didn't throw for that much against Georgia, and they, the offense had a shot to go and tie that game. They had a shot on the last drive of the game. No, why would that be? I I question those things. It it just can't help it. That's my nature. i got to question it. I gotta learn why. I have to know why that happened. Is it just a fluke? I don't really believe in flukes personally. I'm not a big believer in like coincidence. I think things happen for a reason. So that's that's what I go by. And and uh, I I really think at the end of the day for Hugh Freeze, it's it's a matter of danger. You know, he believes in his coaching ability. He believes in Philip Montgomery. He believes in uh, Ken Austin. He believes in Jesse Stone. 
he believes in those guys, and it's very obvious because Thorne is the guy who will get you, uh, you know, where you're able to call plays. If, if Ashford is turning the ball over, then you, it, it takes plays out of your hands as coaches. If he's getting out of the pocket too soon and, and ruining a play that could have been there if he holds in another second or split second, takes plays out of your hands as a coach. Peyton Thorne, in my opinion, takes less plays out of the coach's hands. Yeah, I agree. Um, so we'll see. You know, we'll see what kind of um, developments happen. We'll, we'll see what this offense looks like against LSU. I think it's going to be. I think they found their identity. I think the key is how to increase your efficiency, your efficiency in the passing game, and your efficiency on critical downs. They're not going to go all of a sudden throw for two twenty-five. How can you just be a little more efficient in what you're trying to do through the air to complement what you're going to do on the ground, which is going to run the ball 65% of the time? Um, how can you create some just a little bit more efficiency in that passing game, fix some protection issues to where Peyton Thorne feels like he's got the time to make some throws, things like that? Um, it'll be interesting. I think the first and second quarter we'll see – I think we'll see a good bit of that. Um, and Robbie needs to keep his role – running the football when they get down inside the 30 is what I think. It doesn't need to happen in midfield. It doesn't need to happen on Auburn's side of the field. You get you get to the 35 and in, 30 and in, then you can start to think about a role for Robbie to me because it gets harder to run the football. We've said this since the beginning. I think that's where um, he can pay dividends. It's harder to run the ball when you get closer to the end zone. We'll bring in Robbie. You have an extra blocker. Um, and, and and I think that's that's where, you know, he can he – can, uh, with Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. He can help. Um, the LSU game, I mean, look, defensively, you know, Hugh Free said Jaden Daniels should be in the Heisman discussion. He said if he's not, there's something wrong. And I would agree. The guy's accounting for 400 yards a game on offense, which is uh, about 80 more than second place in the SEC, which is um, Jackson Dart. Um, he, he's phenomenal. They got phenomenal receivers. They got good running backs. I mean, they're they're absolutely loaded on offense. Um, the recipe for Auburn's defense this year has been turnovers and limiting red zone opportunities for for, for opponents. That has been what his has. Uh, has made them a, a good unit. They're giving up a decent amount of yards. They're, I think Auburn's defense is 10th in the league in rushing defense. Like they're, they're, they're okay yardage-wise, but you point out turnovers, they're second in the league, forcing turnovers. And I think they're first in the league in, lim, in limiting um, red zone opportunities for their opponent. Those two things are keeping the score down and keeping Auburn in, this football, in, in the football game. Um, but LSU presents all kinds of problems. Um, also, big plays. Auburn's not giving up. They're giving up yards, but they're not giving up. They're probably in the top two or three in the league in 10-plus yards given up, 20-plus yard plays, 30-plus yard plays. They're not giving up a ton of those either. Um, but LSU, man, it's a different animal. Um, 
it'll be an interesting challenge, I think, for Auburn's defense against the top scoring offense in the league and a quarterback that's What's crazy is Jaden Daniels, man, for a minute, I thought he might end up at Auburn if you go back two years. Um, when, when Brian Harson was considering hiring, um, oh, his name just lost, but there's on a state OC. Zach Hill. Zach Hill. And when he was thinking about hiring Zach Hill and that he was going to hire Zach Hill. Um, but, but there was some NCA issues going on with Zach Hill and Arizona State and Auburn didn't want to take those on. And so Auburn's like basically administration said, you can't hire this guy. We can't welcome some of these issues potentially with the NCAA, but Zach Hill is going to be the OC after Bobo left. Um, and if he came, I thought for a minute, maybe they could get Jaden Daniels to transfer um, with him. But of course that didn't happen. And he's at LSU. What in the world do you do defensively to slow him down? Cause Hugh said, you're not stopping him. He goes, you're not stopping him. He goes, you just got to hope to hold him to some field goals. You're not stopping him. Um, force some turnovers. I mean, Ron Roberts has been pretty good about understanding what he's got out there and trying to be opportunistic. But is there one or two things you think you can do? Um, do you spy Jaden Daniels? How do you deal with him running the football? Or do you just go try to play your best, hope to limit big plays, and sort of pray a little bit that, that they don't connect on some of these? I don't think you change anything if you're Ron Roberts. You, you've done well keeping quarterbacks contained for the most part. Number one, you got to contain him. Don't let him break contain. I don't know how many times I watched. That might be the most frustrating thing to watch is when you have a running quarterback and he consistently breaks contain. Oh, it's the worst, yeah. I don't you can't that. do anything about it. You just, you're just like, good grief. We played it, and there he goes, and you, you can do nothing about it. Somebody it, it it's frustrating. It's hard because, you know, you got you got edge rushers <laughs> that want to try to make a move sometimes to the inside. You, got, you have to be sound, though. you got to be sound on defense, and that's – I, from what I can tell, Ron Roberts' defense is very sound, uh, and they've been that way all year. That's why they continue to keep Auburn in football games. Um, but, no, you, you, I don't think you change anything at all because if he scrambles and gets this big run, you know, it's not a touchdown because this offense is explosive, and what they can do is take the top off, and, and you, you can't allow that. The game will be over. Yeah. You can forget it. You can allow – a 20-yard scramble here and there. You really can't. It hurts. It's going to be on third down sometimes when you think you've got it stopped and you're about to get your defense off the field. But it's much better than giving up a touchdown. Let's go back to the Auburn-Georgia game. Auburn schemed Jay Fair open. He was about to run open. And what did Tyke Smith for Georgia do? He grabbed him because he knew he was beat. And he knew, hey, that was about to be a touchdown. I trust my defense to go ahead and get a stop here after we get this get through this pass interference, it's going to be an automatic first down. You go back and watch the play. Jay Fair had a step. Taki Smith just grabbed his shoulder pad and said, nope, we're not playing that. You're not going to score on us. Not like that. You're going to have to, you have to earn it. To me, that was smart by Georgia. It helped win them the game. It helped stop Auburn. And that's exactly what Auburn has to do with, with LSU. If it ever comes to that and you think, you think they're, my, they're about to break one on you, you've got to find a way to stop it. If that means commit a penalty, do it. Uh, I, I just think that's the best philosophy here because the explosive plays are what will end the game in a hurry. You make them earn their drives. You make them earn their points. Eventually, you're going to get one of those drives for three instead of six. You're going to do it. Defense is good enough to do that. You make them use that clock, boy, that's a big deal because you watch the way that Hugh Freeze operates. He's trying to get that clock out every game. 
Why? Because he knows he doesn't have the depth to hang around in the fourth quarter. He said it Monday. So that's that's my take on it. I think you have to do it that way. Yeah, you got to shorten the game. Hugh Freeze talked about that. I think it's going to be interesting. <clears throat> a couple things. Hugh Freeze talked about needing to create more depth on defense. Obviously, Nasili Kite's out. Um, and so what that does is it puts a lot more pressure on Keldrick Falk, and then it puts a lot more pressure on Stevius Walker. Falk only played 16 snaps against Georgia. Now, I mean, I think I think Kite played 40-something. So now you're looking at, in this game, all of a sudden Falk's going to play 50-something snaps. Walker only played single-digit snaps against Georgia. He's now in double digits. A um, bunch of pressure on those guys. But even Marcus Harris is playing too many snaps at defensive tackle. He played he played as many snaps as Jason Jones and Justin Rogers did combined in that Georgia game. Justin, um, did you hear Hugh Freeze finally mention my guy? Who? D. Reed, oh, baby. Uh, yeah, yeah. And so that's what I'm getting to. He, he tossed out Reed and he tossed out Bobby Travis as like, hey, can one of these guys help us? We, we need, and you got Lawrence Johnson in there, but he he didn't play a lot either against Georgia. I mean, maybe maybe ten snaps. He, he probably he plays be more. Better. Yeah, he needs to play a little bit more. So like Auburn's, there's there's some good things happening, but you start to project out the SEC schedule, and you're you, you're going to understand like the depth has started has got to happen. It's fine. Game two in the SEC, Marcus Harris has that game, but it's going to be a lot to ask Marcus Harris to go play that way in November when he's playing 90% of the snaps and he's not getting the rest he needs. Um, LSU is going to be a big challenge. Good offense, a quarterback that's going to scramble. There's going to be some prolonged dropbacks some scrambles and things where you're chasing this guy. You didn't have a lot of that against Carson Beck. You're going to have that against Jason, uh, against Jaden Daniels where Marcus Harris or Keldrick Falk or whoever it is, it rushes, and then next thing you know, they're moving. They're chasing this guy out of the pocket. Um, and, and, and the fatigue is going to be an issue. So they need some guys on that defensive line to step up and give some snaps, whoever that is. Give them six snaps. Give them, give them something. Um, I think that's going to be, I think that's going to be uh, huge. The other thing I'm curious about is can Donovan Kaufman, what role could he play in this game blitzing off the nickel, blitzing from that nickel position? Can he chase down Jaden Daniels a couple times? Can he blitz off that? And then put pressure. Does Auburn have a couple DBs that could, they could bring pressure with that could not allow Jaden Daniels to escape? Um, I, I'm, yeah, I don't think they're going to spy him, but if they can come after him a little bit with JD Rim or Jaden or Kaufman or somebody like that, um, can they get to him and maybe contain him a little bit? Um, that's going to be that's going to be huge as well. I, I think that even though, all right. Let's be controversial again, Justin. The the whole bracket conversation about Brock Bowers. I did a whole breakdown on that play where he scored a touchdown. I think it was a missed assignment. Now, I don't know that. I wasn't in the huddle. I wasn't in the headset. So, I don't know. I'm just going by what I know about football and what I know about coverages. Eugene Asante did not collision Brock Bowers. Therefore, he's able to get through cleanly on his route. You don't want that to happen ever. Linebacker's job, never let a route cross your face. And then he triggers towards Lad McConkey and opens up the middle of the field. Looks like a missed assignment to me. The top of the screen, there in man coverage, the bottom's in, in somewhat of a zone. It looks like he got mixed up on what side he was supposed to be on. Does that make you go, okay, let's take a linebacker out of the game this week and put a DB in instead and make sure that we have that covered? 
did that does that change your defensive philosophy a little bit as far as alignment goes? Because they had Nixon and Asante in on that play. Do they throw Rim in as an extra DB instead of having another linebacker in the game? I think this is something that might happen this week. Um, so so look for that. I mean, they're going to have to go extra DBs this week, and you got to make sure they can tackle because they're going to have to be running down Jaden Daniels at times. Because I agree, you're not going to stop him. You weren't going to stop Brock Bowers. You could bracket him all day. You're not going to stop him. That's the kind of player he is. He's going to be a first-round no. NFL draft player. He had another huge game against Kentucky. Uh, we're all shocked, right? Yeah. Uh, Jaden Daniels should be a Heisman contender. He's top three for me anyway. Uh, I mean, this is the kind of guy that you're just not going to stop. You have to figure out a way to make LSU beat you, you know, you know, with him in the – knowing that he's going to have – his yards. And it's kind of like going against Steph Curry in basketball. He's going to score. There's nothing you can do. How can you beat the team, though, while he gets his points? That's the question. Uh, Justin, I want to talk about these spreads. The spreads are low. They continue to be low. And we kind of, we all kind of played it off last week. Oh, you know, 14. They're, they're giving Jordan Harris some credit. Well, Auburn's going to Baton Rouge, and they're LSU's 11 point favorite. That's pretty low. Considering what you what you know about Auburn's offense and the struggles they've had, and what you know about it, the way that LSU can score, so once again, I, I don't take things at face value. Why would that be? Why are they giving Auburn the points there? Why are they giving Auburn some some of the benefit of the doubt? That's what I want to know. I don't know, and it's come down. The same thing. The same thing happened with Georgia. I mean that that initially came out at like seventeen, and then really quickly, I think it went to fourteen. This one came out at 13 and a half or so, and then now it's at 11. Um, over-unders crept up about four points from 58 to 62. So I guess they're thinking it's a 30, you know, 35 or 37-27 kind of game, 35-24. So, so something in that in that neighborhood. Um, I don't know. I mean, I think you're coming off Auburn, Georgia, and you're thinking, you know, that was a really good performance, and you look at how good Georgia is, and maybe there's some questions. You know, Jaden Daniels really got banged up against Missouri, went down a couple times, but finished the game, looked fine. Brian Kelly said this week he's practicing, looks fine. So, you know, maybe there was some thought there about is this is he going to be slowed at all, slowed down at all. Um, Auburn's coming off two weeks to prepare, and there's reason to think this game's going to be close. Um, but clearly they think points are going to be scored, even with Auburn's struggling offense. I think LSU's defense, um, the points they've given up is a is a big concern. I think that's probably what goes into this. LSU's defense, if LSU's defense were just middle of the pack in the SEC, this spread would be two touchdowns, would be fourteen plus. Sure. And you know, but I think LSU's defense and the way they've struggled, combined with Auburn having two weeks to prepare and in a in a decent showing against Georgia, is making some people think. Okay, I think Auburn can maybe even with a struggling offense they can if they can go put up 24 points they're in there and then the defense can hold them to some field goals or create a turnover or two they're in the game but that's the only thing I, I almost think Auburn's got to force three turnovers in this game I mean they forced two against Georgia turned them both into touchdowns you can't you're not going to guarantee that you're just going to get a turnover turn it into a touchdown like they did it against Georgia two turnovers 14 points um but LC's offense in Baton Rouge huh? If not three turnovers, then then at least two. It's hard for me to think Auburn forces one turnover or less, and 
wins this game. That's just that's a lot of opportunities for LSU's offense. Um, and that's yeah, maybe big returns. I mean, there's other, maybe big kick return or punt return sets you up, but um, it feels like Auburn's going to have to be plus two turnover margin in in some of these big games to have a chance to win. Well, I have a couple of theories of why these lines might be closer than what we might think. Um, number one, Auburn runs the ball well. That means they control the clock. Don't forget, clock's faster than it used to be. Uh, those are all pluses for Auburn, I think, when you're looking at it. Number two, Auburn stops the run pretty well. Uh, so, you know, they can get their offense back on the field at times. And if that's the case, you're looking at a little bit of a shortened game. Am I wrong in thinking that? No, they – Auburn's got the tools running the football to, to to shorten the game. And the way the defense has played, they've done a pretty good job of shortening the game on that side, too. They don't give up a ton of big plays. They've given up some, but not a ton. Um, and so the defense has done a pretty good job of not getting shredded, you know, on, on a couple of drives where it's just like, boom, boom, score, score. And you look up and you're like, boy, the scoring's happening too quickly. So I Things on both sides of the ball have allowed, I think, set up for Auburn to potentially shorten a football game. Here's my last theory on this. I think Vegas has been burned by Hugh Freeze a few times by selling out against him in the big games, in the ones where he seems to be overmatched. You go back all the way to Ole Miss, and he has burned that line several times. So maybe there, maybe there's a little bit of that going on. Hey, you know, this guy, Mike, can actually win some of these big games, even though he's in year one. That's my other theory. It's a theory. It's not a, it's not a fact. It's just a theory. Um, Did the same at Liberty, by the way, too. They tried to say Arkansas was a big favorite. That, that didn't work out last year. Well, and I'm sitting here looking, and the, the thing that, you know, people have talked about LSU's pass defense. Well, you know, the rush defense is ranked worse in the league than their pass defense. Their LSU's rush defense is dead last. Now, part of that is they gave up 317 yards to Ole Miss, six yeah. and a half yards a carry. They got shredded. Um, Missouri doesn't run the ball a ton. Missouri ran for 116 yards, but more importantly, Missouri ran for five and a half yards a carry. Uh, Mississippi State ran the ball for four and a half yards a carry. Grambling ran the ball for five and a half yards a carry. Um Arkansas ran the ball for just under four yards a carry, but that was without Rocket Sanders. There's some rushing yards to be had in this game for Auburn. Yeah. Fresh running backs. Um, I mean, if Auburn's offensive line can come out and get after it, I, you know, well, you could be looking at another 200-yard-plus rushing performance from Auburn, um, which would be obviously tremendous um, for a billion reasons, right? Shorten the game, take the crowd out of it a little bit, um, limit opportunities for, for mistakes in the passing game and sacks. I mean, just across the board, there's a real opportunity there for Auburn to run the ball. I, I, I hate to predict big numbers rushing because that's that's a lot to ask, but yeah. if they if they can build on what they did against Georgia, against some of the stuff LSU's done, they could push 250. Now the question is, does LSU go, guys? They're one dimension. So we're gonna we're gonna attack the run. We're gonna do what Sanford did. We're gonna bring a guy up. We're gonna attack the run, and you're going to we're gonna make them throw the football. Yeah. And if they throw and convert, fine. So that'll be the big question: Is does LSU creep up? Of course. 
or do they play fairly – do they play fair, it both balanced both ways and can Auburn run the ball? Or does LSU go, no, screw this, we're bringing a safety up, and you are not running, and we'll give you some one-on-ones, and then can Auburn convert some of that stuff? I mean, if I'm LSU, that's what I'm doing. I'm, I'm creeping somebody up and saying, go ahead and try. I don't think you've got the wideouts to, yeah. to throw the protection to go to go throw for 220 and beat us one-on-one. Well, you're not rushing for 200 on us. Now, Auburn hasn't given anybody a reason to put less than five DBs on, or more than five DBs on the field. Auburn's given nobody a reason not to creep their safeties up. Uh, that's what's going to happen. And, and Hugh Freeze knows that. He's, he's smart enough to understand that. Philip Montgomery knows that. There's a chance for shot plays, too, and I want to see more of that. I got I got to have more of it. Now, I know why they don't do it. I've studied the reason why. They've had a couple times where they got a single matchup, and they took more of those chances against Georgia. Still not enough for me, for, for my liking, but um, I, I I know why they're not doing it, because they consider it a dead play, right? If you do that on first down, it's going to be second and ten if you don't hit it, and there's a 50-50 chance you don't hit it, maybe more. Yeah. So that's why they don't do it. But, I mean, what's the difference in that in a one-yard run? Yeah. You know, that's what it looked like on first down against Georgia. We sat there and watched it. You yeah. made the point. Every single first down was either a backwards play or a play for no gain. Yeah, three yards three yards of first down against Georgia. So you can't have that again. What's the if – you're, if you're worried about that, then why not just, you know, why not just throw your single matchup? Give it a shot. I don't, I don't see the reason why not. And the other thing that's risky about taking those deep shots, Auburn needs to take a few of them, but you're also thinking the efficiency in our passing game is so low yeah. and our margin of error is so low that yeah. if we do take those shots and we don't hit them, now we're second and eight. Now we're second and ten. Or, you know, when, depending on when you take them and you're going, it, it's just this offense, you have to keep it moving forward. Right. You've got to keep it moving forward and, Stay ahead of the change. You've got to take some shots, but you just it's just very risky with how Auburn's playing. It's less risky with other teams that are more explosive. It's very risky for Auburn because as soon as you do it and don't connect, you're looking at the best times to do it is if, if you're second and five, maybe take a shot there. If you're third and three, you've been so bad on third downs, you might as well take a big shot on third down. Um, there's opportunities maybe you got to pick and choose when to take that shot and still give yourself a chance to, to move the chains. There definitely are opportunities, and there's better times than others to do it for sure. One of, them, one of the points I wanted to make last week in the unfiltered thoughts was that, look, I get playing it safe. And, and Peyton Thorne's probably the safe choice at quarterback too. But at some point, playing it safe is the most dangerous thing you can do, I think, because you're going to find yourself in, in a hole uh, by playing it safe. You got to take some risks, and, and I think they really pushed the envelope a little bit against Georgia. Now I want to see a little bit more. I want to see more because you're starting to understand what you have a little bit more. I think you can find a way to take a few more risks. I, that that would be my only qualm with the game plan from Georgia because other than that, I thought it was an excellent game plan. Yeah, take a couple more shots. I, I don't see the reason why not to at this point. I think playing it safe is one of the most dangerous things you can do with where you're at right now. And I got news for you too. If Auburn can hang in there with Georgia like that, they can hang in there with everybody else on this schedule. Yeah, they're definitely going to have to take shots the next two weeks. Uh, LSU and Ole Miss, their offenses are phenomenal. Georgia's really good too, but you were playing in Jordan-Hare. Sure. Um, I think Jordan-Hare is going to help against Ole Miss as well. 
Um, Definitely. LSU's a different deal. You're going to be playing in Baton Rouge. You bet you're going to have to take shots. Cause they're they're going to – I'd be shocked if, if Auburn holds them to less than 20. And I don't want to say shocked. I'd be really surprised if you hold LSU to 20. Any less than 27. Like, I think that, I think if you held them to 27 points, you ought to be coming away going, I don't know if I can ask for more. That is, that is, that's 17 points under their average. And that's still a high number to get to for an offense that's struggling. Can you get to 27 on the road in Baton Rouge, even against a defense that's struggling a bit? That, that's, that's just, just, that's why this becomes a tall pass because you're thinking, what can you hold them to? Well, 27 would probably be great. Okay. Can you get to 27? Not probably with probably not without a turnover in good field position maybe. Um, I think that's that magic number. I think if it creeps creeps over thirty, Auburn's not getting to thirty. I mean, I could, but I chances yeah. are, are are that Auburn's not getting to thirty points, which is why you've got to get that twenty seven number. I think is doable. Anything over that becomes really really tough because you're then you're talking about can you go score thirty thirty one? The way this offense is played on the road, there's zero reason to think they can get there. Right. I agree. Well, um, it'll be a fun week. Auburn LSU, always such a fun game. Auburn's got a chance to win two in a row in Baton Rouge. They've actually won two or three. If Auburn can somehow pull off the upset, it'd be three of four against LSU, which would be a um, nice little run they've got going. So we'll see what they can do in Baton Rouge. Hugh Freeze hasn't won there. was 0-3 at Ole Miss. Um, Couple close games, six-point loss, three-point loss um, in his first two trips there. Um, so some really close games. Had some wins in Oxford against LSU. So he knows what it's like to to play and beat LSU. But uh, it'll be an interesting game. We'll see if Auburn can come out of the gates with some confidence, despite the atmosphere, get a good start, and that will go a long way, I think, in in trying to help them win this game. Um, all right, let's get out of here. Quick shout out, Session Cocktail. Go check them out downtown Auburn Magnolia Avenue. Um, awesome drinks, awesome atmosphere. Uh, happy hour four to six. Good cocktails, uh, good old-fashioned if you want that, but they'll make anything you want. Please go go visit them. Tell them that you heard about them through the Auburn Live show and, 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 and AuburnLive.com, and that would really uh, go a long way in, in helping us as well. So um, please go visit them. Go visit AuburnLive.com. One dollar gets you a month of access. Great time to do it. Um, big couple of weeks for Auburn football. Recruiting will probably be nice in a couple of weeks in that Ole Miss game. I would imagine they'll probably try to get a – good number of kids down for what should be a great atmosphere at night and all that good stuff. So go check out AuburnLive.com. Appreciate everybody for joining us. For Cole, I'm Justin. We'll see you next time. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, full work, limited by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.